Welcome back to the Inside Rain podcast and thank you so much for joining me again. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to take a moment to thank you all for the love and support on the first episode. All of the likes, shares, comments, messages and reposts are so appreciated. I can't thank you all enough. On today's episode, we speak to Irish international dressage rider Courtney Stewart. Based at her home in Grandshire Equestrian Centre, County Down, Courtney is rarely seen outside the top places at both national and international level. Her career highlights include top five finish at Halfway International in 2016 and multiple national championships from four-year-old young horse classes right up to PSG Freestyle. I really appreciate Courtney's openness, honesty and vulnerability in this episode and I really hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the Inside Rain podcast. I'm so delighted to be joined by one of my dearest friends, Courtney Stewart. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. No bother, no bother. <laughs> I was so, so excited for for this episode and also so excited to hear how you've gotten to where you are today. So uh, just tell me, tell us all about how you got into horses. Yeah, well, I want to just start by saying, oh, you said one of my dearest friends, but of course you're one of my very best friends. And I just want to say that I'm super proud of you for starting this podcast. I think it's such a brave thing to be able to do and such an amazing thing to be okay with listening back to your voice over and over again because I don't (laughs) think anybody that would be able to do that and not want to scream I definitely would want to scream listening to myself but yes getting into horses um I was really lucky that I was born into a very very horsey family um my mum has had Grancha where we have our horses um for 35 years this oh last year actually was 35 years so she has been in in horses her whole life and therefore my whole life um my mum used to show jump for Ireland um so was always very um on the jumping side of things so I would say was mortified whenever Kirsty and I both decided that we were going to go down the dressage route but <laughs> always always been extremely supportive um so yeah growing up I just kind of went from ponies to horses and had that gradual progression up through um the age but went a lot from jumping um a lot of show jumping cross country working hunter just pony club things wasn't very set on one discipline when I was growing up but then as I got into kind of my late teens I watched Kirsty my older sister um who had such a passion for dressage from a much younger age I kind of learned a lot from her and realized that actually I didn't just do dressage when it meant that I got to go cross country I uh realized that I I really enjoyed it when I got to do those some of those little higher movements for the higher level tests and I was that's yeah. when I really got the bug I uh I think I had always thought dressage was you know a little bit boring when I was jumping um but I was very wrong and I think that it is still viewed a bit like that to a lot of people um I agree and- and don't get me wrong, I would much rather go and watch 10 show jumping classes than 10 work and than 10 dressage tests. But yeah, I absolutely adore riding it. Um, so yeah, I was just extremely lucky. Like I hear of people talking about coming from a non-horsey family and being the only one in their family that rides. And I just admire them because 
I find it, you know, it's a hard industry when you have your family's support and they're, they understand everything. And I just can't, yeah. even, can't even imagine how hard it would be to come <clears throat> from a non-horsey family because it's just such a mind boggling industry to be in. Yeah, um, yeah, it's not, it's not just, it, it's not just having a horse. It, it, it's a whole lifestyle oh, yeah. kind of It's like thing, a choice. Isn't it? Yeah, it's a lifestyle yeah. choice, especially like for us that we do it full time. Um, I mean, it, I think it can be such an amazing hobby. But when you choose that horses are your life, that is really the truth. You know, everything else kind of fits in around them uh, and they kind of become the center of that that life, that world. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'd say it was an, an incredible, um, you know, up, like opportunity to have to be grown up on an equestrian centre, I suppose, having the range of so many different ponies to choose <laughs> yeah. from. Yeah, and I, I suppose you go out to the ponies at any time of the day or night that you wanted. I know. I think it, um, it, can, it could have been a very good thing and sometimes maybe not so much, you know, when yeah you come home from school and you get to go straight out onto the yard and ride your ponies and be with your friends and be outdoors which I always loved but then you got the times when mum would we'd come home from school and mum say oh I got this new pony in for the riding school you just come up and jump on it and you're thinking oh no what is this thing gonna do oh lord um and now she never put us on anything dangerous because we wouldn't have anything dangerous in the yard but yeah would, like this thing would just be cantering around and oh you just had to be get thrown on and make sure it was safe and the older I got the more I uh tried to get away from that but I um yeah it was it was an amazing it still is an amazing lifestyle to have but uh yeah I think I was never very academic at school I really didn't enjoy school at all I got seriously bullied in secondary school and I don't even think it was because I was like the weird horsey girl I think <laughs> there was other there was other aspects to it but I like the horses were always such an amazing outlet you know you had to get up in the morning and you had to do your ponies and you you know there was a reason for always like getting up and being positive because you just yeah had, you had other things to focus on um and I think yeah. if, I, if I didn't have that really positive kind of aspect to my life I mean the horses didn't know that I was getting bullied so they didn't they yeah. weren't in bad form um so it just yeah. was always a very a light at the end of the tunnel kind of feeling when you knew you know Saturday was coming and I could just spend all day outside and I that, that yeah I didn't have to worry about school or or anything like that so yeah, yeah that's a, a major factor in how how much I adore them yeah I suppose as well like horses obviously don't realize how much impact that they have on us you know yeah, of, of, sure. of our everyday lives you know we're having a bad day at work or you know like it's it's I'm so sorry to hear that you were bullied in school you know but in a yeah, way I think so many people go through have... it and like I was just a lucky one that had you know these amazing animals it sounds so cheesy but they just you know they are there to kind of listen and not talk back and not say well, yeah maybe you were in the wrong but you know they don't they can't do that and I think you know you can go up and I, I remember going home from school and literally sitting in the corner of a stable like in a feed trough and just venting 
and like the pony was probably like oh give me a break like seriously <laughs> but uh yeah it just was like a complete outlet for me and I know that 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 they definitely were a big um savior for sure going through school definitely yeah 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 well geez it's so it, it it's so I suppose <clears throat> it's good in a way that you you had them to to to, to come home to Definitely, you know what i mean yeah. it just, and i i've spoke to a few people that have described riding horses as, as as mindful even though sometimes it definitely can't be if if you know you're not getting what you want out of them or they're not doing something yeah. but in a moment where everything clicks and you're either doing a line of one changes or you're just galloping across across the yeah. field it's very mindful I can imagine that, that all of the problems outside of you and the horse can just disappear for sure <clears> yeah <throat> and I think you know that don't get me wrong there were days and I think after I left school and maybe things in in later life um weren't going the best and there have definitely been days when I've gone onto the yard and I thought you know what today is not the day to ride I'll just lunge and I know like you and I are on the phone every day and I'll say you know today's not the day to tackle the half pass or yeah. today's not the day to flipping try and get on the right diagonal because I'll just not be able to do it because there's so much more yeah. in my mind and that's a little bit yeah. the same with horses they don't take that personally you know um yeah and I think as long as they get their feet and they get a little bit of exercise that's fine um but yeah I think certainly as I've got older I've realized that there's some days to just get on and like you say just canter across a field or stay in your rising trot all day and just let them have a bit of a stretch and just think you know what that's what my head needed today and then of course there's other days where you come out and you think you're going to take on the world and (laughs) that's the day that like you really can get stuck in but I think definitely as I've got older I wasn't that good at recognizing that when I was younger and I'd get on in bad form and you know I wouldn't ride well and I'd think that everything the pony was doing was aimed at me and of course it wasn't it was just that frame yeah. of mind that I was in like Rico didn't know that I had just had a bad day um yeah so yeah I think that's certainly something I've learned as I've got older to just recognize that and just don't try and reflect that onto them because they they have had no part in that yeah 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 it's actually <clears throat> so true to a, a saying that I heard recently is the feeling in the brain goes down the rain and I don't know how much truer it can get than that yeah, like and it's yeah. so it there's so much value in you saying that even though you were in bad form that <clears throat> the animals weren't reacting in a way that it was aimed at us they were just reacting to how we were feeling yeah, like exactly. you know yeah yeah and talking about Rico you had incredible success with him so tell us more mm. about him so Rico is a 12 2 colored uh Powerball. he came to us when I was I think around seven I I, I honestly I feel like I remember the day so clearly I remember getting home from school and mum saying oh Courtney will you just get your drawbridge on and come up and sit on this pony Wesley McCauley was the man who my mum bought him off and he was an amazing kind of horse dealer and we had a lot of we had a lot of success with horses and ponies from him but I remember coming up and seeing this pony and there was six uprights sitting along the long side of the indoor school and I was doing my in and out and in and out and I could <laughs> not get him to canter. It just it just wasn't happening. We were just trotting faster and faster and faster. And then he just broke into canter, but we were 
in my head, and I bear in mind I was seven, we were absolutely galloping flat out around the internet. <laughs> we probably weren't, but at that moment in time, I was like, this is the best pony ever. Like, this has to be my <laughs> pony. Like, this pony goes so fast that I just have to have it. So anyway, we bought Rico that day, and I think, I honestly think we paid about 400 pounds, and he has been the best thing to ever happen to me, really, because he just, he didn't take any of my nonsense. He, I think I fell off one day eight times in the one day. And I think I was trying to jump this one jump and he just kept stopping because I was probably just riding like a complete moron. Um, but yeah, he's just been incredible. So we went to Balmoral, which is like our biggest show in the North here. Um, we won it twice. Uh, we went, we did a lot of like the show jumping things at Grancha. So one of the big show jumping things we used to run was every Tuesday night and it was the horse jumping. And at the end of the jumping, there would be like a novelty class. And I remember doing, I think, is it called the Masters? I'm not sure what the class is called, but it, it you nominate a fence each time to go up. If you're clear, then you nominate a jump to get put up. And there, oh, yeah. there's me and Rico in with all the horses. And I think the first fence finished at about one a meter 25. And like, bear in mind, he's 12 too, and I am really young, oh. but he just was so brave. He's like a lion. He was incredible. And um, so then we, when we won the Royal Balmoral, that qualified us for uh, Burley. And we went to Burley then and did the sports pony class. So as you can imagine, all these ponies were just the the one that was coming out was better than the one before and they had been bought for like oh just so much money Absurd amount yeah of money. crazy amount of money <clears throat> and there's me and Rico like da, 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 into the arena <laughs> and my I would never forget it because the course it, it was a big course and um it was absolutely roasting it was it was really hot that day and um you had to do like a little, almost like a little mini dressage test at the start of your uh, competition. And you had okay. to do like a mixture between a dressage test and a working hunter show. And at the end you had to do your gallop, but it was in the dressage arena. So okay. you did your gallop and nobody said that you had to stop after your gallop. So <laughs> it, the way the course was designed, the first fence was positioned diagonally away from the gate. So there were so okay. many ponies that came in and they did their really, really pretty dressage slash uh, show, stopped at the end of it, did their salute, picked up a really little, like, pretty canter, came round to the first fence and nothing happened. They just, they either ran out or they stopped or they had it down because they just weren't really going anywhere and they were hanging, yeah. they were hanging back to the gate and it just didn't happen. So <clears throat> mum said to me, she was like, don't stop, like, after your gallop just gallop on to the first fence so that's what I did and keep, I keep galloping honestly, like you did when you first hopped up on yeah, it we just I just didn't <laughs> stop kicking so he just he just was incredible um so I think he was mom and I were only talking about it the other day I think he was one of four or six clears out of like 62 starters um oh my god and he was just like but he was the very bottom of the clears because he didn't fit the bill of the other ponies you know he wasn't bought for mega money and he 
didn't look like that um, kind of stereotypical sports pony, but he was absolutely incredible. And he, so we we sold him not that long after that, because um, I started to get too big on him, and we always kept track of where he was. He was in a couple of homes in Ireland, then he went to England, and we always knew where he was. And every time somebody yeah. was selling him, we always um, had first refusal. So then mum must have gotten news that he was for sale and he was 19 and we just decided that we would buy him back because yeah. we knew that well we just knew how much jumping he had done through the years and it's one of those situations that we just didn't want him to get into the wrong hands or just someone who thought he could keep jumping like that and he, he, was, yeah. he was an old boy by that stage so he just we wanted him just to be able to retire. So he came home to Grancha and did retire for a while. And then when Kirsty had her first little one, Grace, as she grew up, then Grace kind of adopted Rico to be hers. Um, so now he he's teaching Grace to ride. She has done lots of little shows, little crossbows and lots of little Adrian things. And he's still as cheeky as ever like there was I saw Grace walking around some with someone the other day um and she was like oh you know you can go and give uh Rico an apple and you walk over to him and he pins his ears flat back and <laughs> runs to the front of his table and Grace just totters up to him and gives him the apple because she knows exactly what he's like but this other like fully grown woman was like oh no I don't think I'll go near that one um, but yeah he's he's very funny but he um It'll be a very sad day when Rico has his day, but he's just exactly the same age as me. So he's 27 uh, and he's still like, like I say, he still absolutely rules the place. Um, like the, my younger horse, we he was recently, well, a little while ago castrated and we wanted to put him out with someone. So I thought, you know, I'll put him out with Rico because he'll be really quiet and, you know, he'll not take yeah he'll not take any hurt if he you know, wants to run about a little bit and mum was like absolutely not like it really would <laughs> kick the life out of him if he can see anywhere near him so uh he, he didn't get that role but yeah he's he's just been amazing he I, I really can't speak highly enough of him for what he did yeah. to me and then now coming back for grace yeah, and you um you recently uh, did a really incredible video with uh, Tori O'Connor, yeah. um uh, showcasing uh, Luther and Vino, and it was just so heartwarming <laughs> to see the video of you, Grace, and Rico at the end of it. Like just exactly what we are talking about now, the start of your journey, and I suppose it's so nice to still have him and almost look that. He's the start of Gracie's journey now. Yeah, you know. yeah, no, like that was um so that was actually my boyfriend Chris, that was his idea to put that video in. And I'm so glad that he he had said to me about it because it's genuinely the favorite my favorite bit in the entire video. Um because yeah. it's so yeah, it just that's the truth. Like and you know, you, you hear people say, Oh, if I wouldn't be where I am without this pony and you think oh, so cheesy, but it's it is one hundred percent the truth because yeah. You know, he was the pony that kind of I say gave me a name, but I did. I was so successful with him. And a lot of people yeah. at that time knew Grancha's half and half. And that was, you know, that's kind of where I got the opportunity to do those bigger, better shows um, yeah. and be so confident on him. You know, it wasn't that we had gone out and bought this ready made pony and we were going out to win. It was the fact that I was able to go and have so much fun. And yeah. mum was so confident that I was safe 
and I could be yeah. she could send me out into whatever acre field and okay he might have a bit of a buck but he's not doing it to get me off um, yeah yeah but yeah it's just they're like gold dust to try and find those ponies yeah 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 I oh, know we like we all need those animals in 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 our life to, sure. that that do give us the name do you know what I mean no matter no matter in what field it's in it's, you need those animals to kind of take you literally to the next level yeah. at whatever age you are you know yeah definitely definitely and on to then so I believe then you probably got Boo then probably a little while after Rico, did you? Boo, yeah, so Boo would have been a good while after Rico. Um so I sold okay. Rico when we were when I was maybe like eleven. Um and then I just had different ponies in and out. I had a really, really lovely fourteen two called oh, his stable name was Badger. Uh Granches One of a Kind. I think oh I could be completely wrong on that one actually. <laughs> it was a Grunches something. I think it was Grunches one of a kind. Um, he was a fourteen two pure Connemara, and he was beautiful, but really thran, really really thran. Actually, to an example of his thranness, I went to the same sports pony class on him and got eliminated the first round. <laughs> so that's kind of yeah, that wasn't as just a successful a trip that year. Um. But yeah, he was one of these ponies that, you know, if he wanted to do it, then absolutely happy days, you were going to win. If he didn't want to do it, you were just going to be left looking like a complete moron. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he he's actually now doing some dressage, and which is hilarious because I was still in my stage of life where dressage was absolutely rubbish. And, okay. you know, I, I so remember that I could never get Badger to bend to the left. And it just was, <laughs> and I still have this, like, this is still my hate in life that I can't do left bend. Um, so and I think that stemmed from Badger because he just put the fear of God into me that everything was going to ride that way. Um, but yeah, I just, I just didn't enjoy dressage. I really loved the jumping and the kind of the buzz of it. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's really cool to see him now. He's he's an old boy now too, but it's really cool. He's in England doing a bit of dressage, and it's it's hilarious because that would not have been my chosen discipline at that stage. Yeah, yeah. So what was what was the what was the horse that did kind of um that that did kind of make you say, oh, you know, dressage is more there's more to this than it being rubbish yeah. you know what I mean yeah, exactly. um but to be fair there wasn't really a horse that changed my mind I think um watching Kirsty and getting to do a little bit on some of hers was great but I had actually so I had finished school and I had actually thought I wasn't going to do horses full-time I joined college and studied drama and which was completely like a a different part of my life altogether but I'm yeah a part of my life that I'm so glad I did because it really gave me a newfound confidence in things um just within myself um but yeah so I was just finishing drama and I actually went to a lesson uh with Kirsty just to give her a hand and on the way back she was like you know what are you going to do and I was like oh, I don't really know she was like what about going to talent and that's where Kirsty had studied to get her exams and I was like oh I don't know you know 
is it not very dressage oriented and she was like no like they do a lot of jumping there and so um by the time we got from Lisbon to Grancha I had sent my application to go to Thailand without talking to mum um and I think it was maybe a month later I was getting ready to go um so that was all like really quick um and Wow, that's really quick yeah yeah it was really quick yeah Thailand was amazing it so I went there when I was 17 and okay. yeah it was a really it was really hard work definitely don't get me wrong mm. it was hard and it was long hours but it was <clears throat> an incredible start to now what I do for a living really um yeah because I went there wanting to jump I went I went there really just to get my BHS exams and I got extremely lucky I fell in with um a man called Johnny Clark West and Johnny I owe so much to Johnny because he really trusted me with his horses so I got put in charge of Johnny's horses and I got to ride them a lot more than any other horses um and Johnny was just absolutely incredible and he was so patient with me because I really was just learning okay I knew how to ride but I was not a dressage rider um and I think then the more I did with Johnny the more I kind of started to drift away from the jumping in general at talent um Mm. and I still obviously jumped to get my exams and things but I just absolutely fell in love with it and yeah Johnny Johnny was a massive massive factor in what I'm doing now and because I just find a lot of it really difficult I find the movements difficult to learn and I really clearly remember Johnny trying to teach me how to do a half pass and literally (laughs) running backwards across the arena trying to get me to follow him and I swear it must have (laughs) taken me a month to learn how to ride a half pass um but he never got mad he probably just laughed at me to be fair but um he then gave me the opportunity of riding one of his horses at I think it would have been Young Riders um and like that in itself is unheard of for someone who has been kind of an all-round rider not a complete dressage rider for this man to just give me this opportunity um was amazing and I'm so so grateful to Johnny for that um this is so incredibly generous of him yeah it was um and yeah it was amazing I actually did my first young rider show on my 18th birthday and oh wow yeah, that's so nice I think it went really badly but um, <laughs> I I uh I remember I don't think anyone could ever imagine Courtney Stewart doing a bad <laughs> oh trust me there's plenty <laughs> um yeah I remember but and I remember it so clearly because my mum and my dad and my sister came over to surprise me for my birthday and I finished I halted on the last center line and I heard this noise and it was this it goes it's this noise that my mum makes with horses and it's the most you know one of those noises that you're like I know that really clearly and I know that nobody else makes that weird clicking noise <laughs> so I turned around and they were standing there and I just remember like bursting into tears because I was like probably oh. had held my breath the entire test um and then it was just amazing to have mum and Kirsty and my dad there watching but 
yeah, that was that was probably the start of the the competing bug in dressage, and then it just yeah. just really went forward from there. I spent a lot of time at Talent, and I got to ride for Pammy and ride her good horses, and it was just the feelings that I was getting from these horses were nothing that I had experienced, you know. Um, yeah. I mentioned in that video that you were talking about earlier, like getting the chance to try the Piaf and the Passage, it's just like, this is things that you only see at the Olympics. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was just completely amazing. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really grateful for all. Like I, like I said, it was hard work and it was – I was – like 17 young to be away from home oh very young um, but I met amazing friends and yeah it was it was great and then I came home um I was only home for I think about maybe three months and mm-hmm. I actually decided that I wanted to get a bit of a part-time job and do horses a little bit a kind of more part-time because I was like I don't know you know am I going to make enough money and I don't really know you know if I want to do it full-time but I'd love to still do it part-time um yeah and I think that can happen you know when you completely kind of submerge yourself in horses then sometimes you're like whoa I need to take a little bit of a back step and just you know yeah. just give myself some time like in what I would say normal life which I don't think exists anyway but um so I actually got a job normal for normal for us yeah normal in our world yeah exactly I actually got a job at a daycare center and I was working in there and I very quickly realized that wasn't for me but I was working away (laughs) anyway and mum rang me one day and said oh there's a horse or there's a um job advertised in the horse and hound in America you should definitely put your name for it and I was like America are you mad like no way um I was like it's far too far away I'm only just home I'm thinking like Jesus Mary and Joseph she can't wait to get rid of me um (laughs) so I went home anyway and mum had already put my application in um so then anyway I needed to send something never mind asking you I'm gonna do it anyway exactly see ya um so I had to send some videos of me riding and things and then I was in work maybe a week later and I got this phone call from Amy who was then going to be my boss saying you know we would love to offer you the job and I was just like (laughs) it was just one of those moments where you're like is this real life like what am I doing what am I doing um like I'm 18 and I like I can't go to America like I don't I'm just from Bangor County Down. Like I cannot go to America. Um, so literally three weeks later, here's me waving off at the airport, absolutely <clears throat> pooing myself. I was so scared. <laughs> and you know, I had asked Mum to come with me to the first bit of it, and she was like, No, Courtney, like you have to do this by yourself. And I just felt like a little lamb lost because I was so scared. Um, but yeah, I, I, I again that's still so that's still so young to you know you were so young to be going over to Tallinn but like I mean to America it's it literally you know at least in England you were only yeah, what maybe box. an hour and an hour plane ride home yeah. you know what I mean America was a whole other ball game. yeah and I think that was that did always kind of stay in my mind that you know it could take me a day to get home which I know doesn't sound very long but you know when you're scared that's a really long time um, <laughs> yeah. so yeah I went to America uh when I was 18 the end of my my kind of 18th year and worked for Jan and Amy Ebling so Jan rode 
he was German and Amy was American, but Jan rode for the USA. Um, and it was just like, it's just a different world. Um, the lifestyle I adored, the weather I adored, I loved the heat. Um, and the horses were just that next step of amazingness. Um, yeah. We had really, really great clients with a lot of nice horses. And um, yeah, it was just such an amazing opportunity. I got to ride, you know, Grand Prix horses every day. And that just doesn't happen here. You know, I just hadn't had, yeah. hadn't had that exposure to that level on such a consistent basis where you were, yeah. you were starting to feel, okay, this is what a good PF feels like and this is what not so good PF feels like. You know, I was used yeah. to, this is PF, holy Lord, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, what am I doing? I'm just going to sit here and bob up and down. So, yeah. And I suppose you got to feel what, like, a good Grand Prix horse felt yeah. like and, you know, probably more, not an average, but I suppose one that was going to go to the Olympics yeah. or whatever it was. I mean, I was getting the opportunity to ride. So um, the second, kind of the end of my first year there was the Olympic year in London. So I was there while Jan was in London. And um, so I was getting to ride his horse that was going to the Olympics. Like that was just blowing my mind. Um, And it was just, it was just incredible. It was a really amazing time for me to be there to be part of a team getting ready to go to the olympics i think that is a education that you know i'll never forget you know even just the lead up to it and the horses getting ready for the flight and just loads of different things that i had never been exposed to yeah yeah but it's so lovely like it's even though you were so young i suppose it was very I suppose the word I'm empowering for you mm, that yeah. Jan and Amy had such confidence in your riding that they were, you know, that they put you up on these horses, you know, that it's a testament to, you know, how good your riding is, yeah, you know no, what I mean? It was, like, it was, it was a really amazing, yeah, I suppose you're right, it was an amazing feeling to, you know, they were away for the guts of a month uh, for Jan to get like the training and to the, for the horses to get like the familiarization and to get used to the time zone and that kind of thing. And like, there was me and one other girl left to look after all the horses and to ride the horses. And it was just like, you know, that's a lot of pressure, but it's an amazing, um, it's an amazing feeling. Like you say, to have somebody kind of put their trust into you with these horses that are yeah. worth like more than my life um yeah yeah it was just it was crazy really really crazy so I spent there I think I was there for about uh just I think just over a year and then um I just felt like I was ready to come home I feel like in America I missed everybody a lot um and you know like you say in England I could come home for a long weekend if I had one um and I didn't I came home once I think while I was in America I think I had to get some stuff sorted with visa and things and I went back and I just I just remember thinking I really miss everybody and it's but it's funny what they say you know you think you're missing out on lots of things when you're away and then you come home and you're like oh my gosh nothing has changed but I really I'm really glad I came home when I did because I um yeah that's when like the whole next chapter of my kind of riding career developed so I was, yeah, I was really lucky. Yeah. I was really, really lucky to get that the experience in California for sure. And when you were in California, I suppose you know 
like did you know that you wanted to kind of do what you're doing today or were you still kind of unsure yeah no I think that was definitely definitely like after Talland and coming home to the daycare center I was like still him and Han a little bit but I think after America I was like yeah this is for sure the only thing that I think I'm good at and I think that Mm -hmm. I want to do you know some people have lots of different options you know they're smart enough to be x y and z or and I just think you know I don't have a passion for anything else enough to really work hard at it and I think that's where I struggled in school okay I don't think I'm academically smart either but I didn't really love anything enough I mean Mm -hmm. I got an A in PE GCSE because I adored the subject and I I had an amazing teacher who really really helped me and I think she Mm -hmm. she was horsey as well so we automatically kind of had that bit of a bond and I guess it did show me that maybe I wasn't really that stupid I just was a bit lazy um but I um yeah I think horses have always been the one thing that when I see like a show coming up or something I, I really do work hard enough for it that it pays off yeah but you know even even though like you, you say that at least you know that when you truly love something that you really want it you know you're not kind of maybe when you were younger you know before going to talent and maybe between talent and yan that you're not unsure but at least yeah you knew then that like this is what sets me on fire yeah. this is what I want you kind of had more of a clear vision of what you wanted yeah, rather sure. than dibbling and dabbling in a few different things yeah definitely no definitely and I think then that's that's what really helped when I come home and we went on the kind of horse search that that's I yeah. was like this is it like I want to do this properly yeah which yeah is... and when you went on the horse search after California I believe that's when mm-hmm. you found Flynn Flinny that's the one yeah Flinny tell us all about Flinny oh, Jesus where do you start um yeah Flynn <laughs> oh it's he has just been like the the light of my life in the horses um he so he came actually from Talent. I was over looking at some horses and a friend of mine Abby Lyle she had actually she I must have told her that I was over I had asked her you know did she know of any horses and she said actually Flynn's for sale and I had worked with Flynn a little bit when he was a young horse because I used okay. to obviously I was there um and so I went and seen him and Tess Harwood and her amazing parents um let me ride him for a week and yeah I just absolutely fell in love with him he he just is like indescribable he's so cheeky he's almost like a big Rico um, <laughs> and he just has so much personality and I know I find it, it hard with non-horsey people you know they say like a horse is a horse that has four legs and a head but no they have so much unique personality and Flynn just like just oozed personality in every way whether it was good or bad um and he really he was my big kind of I am here to do this and I'm I'm gonna do this properly and I'm gonna take this seriously and you know 
I'm here to do well. And yeah. he was that horse. He was the one that I went into the arena thinking, I can do this. You know, I, yeah. I'm i here to to get my name out there. And yeah. just you may stay out of my way. Um, yeah. Because... And, and like even, even before, like even before we properly met, like he was definitely the horse that when he came into the arena, everyone was like, who is that mm-hmm. you know uh, not not even who is that but like you know look at this horse he yeah. just had so much he just had so much presence didn't yeah. he yeah he just he wasn't even he wasn't even that big like okay he was 62 <clears throat> but he was really like compact and you know but he yeah he just I wish I could say he was he was not brave he was probably the most scared horse I've ever had he like if relief <laughs> looked at him the wrong way he would run but he <laughs> went into the arena and he knew like that that was he was there and that's where he belonged it was in that arena and he just it, he just was amazing he he gave me the confidence that I could canter down the center line and be like right I'm here and you just better watch it because you know yeah. it's it's going to be good and it wasn't always good trust me and I, well, think, I tell you were like tantering down the center line almost daring the judge to give you yeah. less than a nine or an eight or something <laughs> but like I remember the first year of having Flynn like and Anne-Marie Dunphy will vouch for this I went round to Priest and George I'd say at a hundred mile an hour because <laughs> I just wanted it to be finished like I was so like I was so not even nervous but I just um I was trying so hard to get everything right that I was doing it like you would if you'd blinked you would have missed it um <laughs> but yeah he's just been Flynn has just been he has made my career really and I know that sounds yeah. ridiculous I'm only 27 and I have a whole career ahead of me but he has given me that big push to start and I think I'm not saying that everybody knows who I am I'm not saying that at all but you know if people know who I am they I would guarantee they'll know because of Flynn yeah and that's that's an amazing thing to be able to say that you've had a horse like that um yeah and yeah I don't I really don't think I'll ever have another one that gives me that feeling and do not get me wrong like if you were riding with me every day at home there were days that we probably he wanted to kill me as much as I wanted to kill him um and there were things that he really struggled with and I really struggled with um but yeah he definitely he was definitely that horse that just kind of set me up for the future I think yeah yeah and you won you won some incredible things um like you competed you went to Harfrey and stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah so he, that was my first um like big international with him was Harfrey and he was in the top five in all, every three day or every day for three days he was in the top five which was just like you know like I went there thinking this is going to be a great experience and you know it'll be great if we can get round as Anne-Marie and I would say and have a clear round you know never did I dream and people will say Courtney don't talk nonsense I honestly didn't dream of finishing that high and I just remember like it was just the most surreal feeling to be up against those massive names that you only watch like on YouTube or on Facebook or whatever yeah and to be cantering down the same center line in the same class and finishing in that same top 10 lineup was just like yeah mind-blowing absolutely mind-blowing yeah. um and it was just it 
it was the best experience like I so I took Flynn over I think I was over there for a month in total um and he was an amazing horse because I could do that I could just go off with him in the lorry and I wouldn't have to worry about a thing you know he was an amazing loader he traveled perfectly he would never cause me any issues at the shows um yeah he's just a really easy horse in that way and I went off for a month and did a lot of different shows and I stayed at, mm. I stayed at Thailand and I stayed at different places and it was just an amazing experience it was great for me to do and you know my dad went over with me at the start and then mum flew in for some of the other shows and yeah it was just like such an adventure but it was like an adventure yeah. with my best friend you know and that sounds yeah. so cheesy but it really not at all it really was like he just he was epic really was epic yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good old Flinny. <laughs> and he's still causing havoc, Lucky. So now that he's, <laughs> now that he's retired, he, uh, yeah, he doesn't get any easier. He's still <laughs> making mischief every day. Yeah, he still lets everybody know he's king of the uh oh, Stop, he is. He's roaring when he goes out into the sandstone with the babies. You'll hear him <laughs> screaming and roaring with them like he's a king. And... Alongside Flinny, you had, I suppose, other two horses that, I suppose, you know, boosted your name mm. again, which was Boo, who showed jumped also, and then Luther. Yeah, so Boo. I actually got Boo quite early in my story, dressage story. I got her whenever mm. I was at Talent, um, and I she only was with me at Talent for about three months, and then I came home. And then whenever I went off to America, Kirsty very kindly and probably quite happily took on the ride of Boo. Um, she was only yeah. a four-year-old then and had just done a bit of everything, really. Um, but was always a real powerhouse. She she pulls like a train. She has her own ideas about a lot of things. But she was, <laughs> she was the judges absolutely loved her because she was consistent. She never moved her head. She never changed her rhythm. She just was a real joy to watch, but mm. it was super strong to ride. Um, but that that came in really, really um, handy, isn't the right word, but it definitely progressed better the higher up the level she went. You know, whenever you started to ask a bit more of her and Flynn, could have been quite lazy so you always were kind of generating the energy but with boo it was like on demand the energy was yeah. always there and that was that was an amazing feeling you know you turned across the diagonal and the, the medium trot was there before you even thought about it and um, yeah so that was like a real like whoa this is this is different and this is amazing from, from yeah. Flynn. um so she was she was brilliant she went up to uh, she went up to medium and then just struggled with the flying changes she just got too hot in her own head and um that's whenever I started to do a bit more jumping with her and yeah. then we yeah. bought Luther um we bought Luther as a like three and a half year old kind of lightly backed and we did not go out to look for a stallion at all and um, we kind of <laughs> we were going out with someone who then didn't materialize that it he was going to buy the horse so we ended up kind of buying him by default um okay and oh my lord he has been a he has been a learning curve for my entire life um he mum and I were actually only saying the other day like 
he when we first bought him we thought he was big we thought he was strong we thought he was impressive and I pulled him out of the stable the other day I'd given him a bath and I'd groomed him properly and he just has like tripled in size because he was only so weak then but because he's he's yeah. 17 too he's a big horse anyway and he's a stallion and he has a lot of presence but now he's matured so much and he's he's like a fighting bull he's so um kind of mature in his muscles and his body and he just he he really looks amazing at the minute but it's hilarious to look back and think oh my gosh like as a four-year-old I thought you were huge and so strong yeah. but actually you look back and he was like a hat rack with the compared to what he is <laughs> now um but yeah Luther has just been um difficult but it kind of my real driving force to look at my own riding and think right what can I change to be able to be more compatible with this horse um, okay. and okay that took a while that really did that was a big thing in my own head I was thinking you know I could do it this way on Flynn why is this not working yeah. with Luther and they're just so different you know they say you know you can tell a gelding but you just can't tell a stallion it just doesn't happen yeah. um and, and did that ever did that ever you know when you were going through those times with Luther did that ever make you have any like doubt yourself oh, as a rider for sure for sure like I remember um Luther as a five-year-old his five-year-old year I think was was the most difficult year of my kind of riding memories and it was mm. I just felt like you know I'm not good enough to have this horse and you know he's too big he's too strong he's too good um he needs to be with a what I would say a professional and I know that is what I this is what I do for a living so that is what I'm classed as but in those moments of sheer probably fear I was just thinking you know I can't do this I'm not good enough for this um yeah. and you do you definitely do doubt yourself and you think like he should be with x y and z because I can't I can't manage it um yeah. and we did and what made you and, and what made you kind of you know push past that that self-doubt because it's it's definitely something that all riders experience in one shape yeah. or, or, yeah. or form of another and I, I I think that social media sometimes oh, doesn't help sure. that because sure. you know that that's a whole other rabbit hole in itself because you're comparing your behind the scenes mm. with everyone else's highlight reel yeah but what was it that made you push to and say no like I, I I can't do it and you have absolutely proven yourself that you can do it because he's at PSG and he's going for into two now yeah I mean I don't know if there was a moment I think I had to get a lot of help and Anne-Marie has been like my saving grace through the whole thing she's so patient she just has a way with every horse um and makes it less about you know me as a rider and just as more about us as a combination <clears throat> and yeah um I like I did get help and I Luther went to a very good friend of mine just for two weeks and he took him out on the gallops and he jumped him a bit and he came back like a different horse he he just needed I think <clears throat> I had got this really flashy kind of dress I short and I thought I have to go out to every show and I have to do well and I have to get up through the levels as fast as I can and I think I almost mm. put him under too much pressure and okay. it was almost like that pressure cooker environment where I was just like oh you know everybody's watching me because they've seen that I've got this big horse and you know if I don't go out and get this score are they going to think that I'm not good enough um, yeah. and I think 
I just had to take a step back and well I did it I think mum kind of made me take a step back and you know I'm so glad she did because looking at him now he probably just wasn't strong enough to do what I was asking and you know we were still such a new combination and we were still getting to know each other and I was still learning a lot of patience uh, with him and you know he's got so big and strong now that I look at him then and think yeah he probably wasn't he just wasn't ready and I was watching like you say on social media I remember I watched the one person in particular and I was thinking but her horse is the same age as Luther and it's doing this and you know I look yeah. at it now and it's it's 16 hands and it's like built like Flynn a wee short wee narrow like compact and I look at Luther yeah. and he's the length of two Flynn's um yeah so it, I honestly I feel like it takes like five minutes from the message to get from his brain to his back feet um <laughs> But yeah, I think I just had to accept the fact that I needed help, which I have never shied away from. And I think yeah. I, um, yeah, it was just giving him a bit of a, um, a bit of downtime and giving me a bit of a break, and then yeah. kind of coming back with a fresh mindset and thinking, okay, just take your time, and you know, yeah let's maybe not aim for that and aim for something a little bit less and just make the work a bit easier yeah and that, yeah. that was yeah. such a good thing for both of us because I took the pressure off myself and it it took yeah. the pressure off Luther and then we were much happier as a combination for sure yeah 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 when you allowed you know when your mom took you aside and and you allowed yourself and Luther that downtime did you find that you were able to did you find that that downtime helped you both kind of flourish for the one for a better word yeah definitely like like I was saying it's kind of I put myself and Luther into that kind of pressure cooker um kind of environment with so many and nobody else had done this to me but I put so much pressure on myself to get him to a certain stage by this month or this year or by this show we needed to be getting this certain score and it just wasn't realistic um because I was measuring it off something and someone that was completely, completely different and not in our situation, you know, Um, and as I've got older and realized, you know, every horse develops so differently. And I think I feel like Luther only maybe in the last year or two years has really come into himself. He's matured in his mind. He's matured in his body. He now allows me to ride him. Whereas before it was like, oh gosh, you've got to go a bit cautious. Um, And I think that's just from us getting such a better kind of understanding for one another. You know, I know how far I can push before I've got to really step back. And um, yeah, I think that just comes from, getting that relationship um because I've had him for years now and I think that we know each other and even just like it's it's funny Chris um was with me at the yard not that many days ago and I was lunging Luther and he's like what are you doing and I was like why and he's like you two are just like having a game like I with Luther it's almost like I know him like a person it's really hard to explain um yeah and Flynn was a bit the same he's got so much character that you know if I'm lunging I'm kind of like running around with him and he he I think he looks at me like I'm completely mad but I definitely (laughs) feel like the longer I have him the more I understand his mind and I'm sure that everybody that has a horse feels the same um but I certainly in those first few years I just felt like I was completely 
overpowered and overhorsed and but it was a hard pill to swallow because I I really wanted to be good enough and I wanted to go out and show him to the best of my ability and to showcase him to the yeah, best but, of his but like, ability. But you absolutely did. You know what I mean? You 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 ab like he he was a horse. He is a horse that you know, like Flynn. You know he he makes heads turn. You know he's a big black flashy horse, and you absolutely did show him to the best of your ability right from when you got him you know mm. like you went over and like when we first started becoming friends you know we went over to Scotland and he won big classes over there and he's won so many incredible things so you have to give yourself credit for how amazing a job you've done with him you know what I mean yeah I think yeah it's just I think it's hard for everybody to kind of see that of themselves when now all I'm focusing on is pushing to the next step you know I think yeah that's and I think that really is in the equestrian community and world that we don't really give ourselves enough credit. Um, yeah. And it's an awful thing to say, but we almost look for that credit on Instagram or Facebook or yeah. how many likes has that post got? And I hate even hearing myself say that out loud, but I know like that is the truth. And, you know, I, it's a horrible way to live and, you know, as much as I say you know I'll try and back off social media and that's kind of where we are with our like this 21st century of just like wanting likes or wanting comments or those kind of that is how we feel like we are being valued as a writer yeah yeah Um, Yeah. which is complete nonsense and I think that is something definitely that I need to work on um in myself for sure but it's something I think like everyone I think you know we we are we all you know post about our good days and yeah you know and and we feel great and we and and we want to show it off to the world because you know it's 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 a good day and you, you you feel good and and then when you have a bad day like the social media can be the worst thing to go on in in the world but yeah. sometimes the way I look at it is you know are, are we are we seeking validation from people that we don't really know that well or don't really maybe care about that yeah. much? You know what I mean? Like, I, mean, I think it's something that all of us need to work on is, I suppose, seeking validation from ourselves to say, and give ourselves a pat on the back yeah, and say, sure. oh, God, I've done a, a bloody good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, it definitely is. It's definitely yeah we've talked about this before and it definitely is something that um it's hard it's definitely hard because yeah. you see everybody it, it, like it, you say you see everybody else's highlight reel on Facebook and you're thinking god why am I not why have I missed that show or you know why yeah. am I not getting that score or but yeah we just need to focus more on our what? own lives why are my horses going like alpacas every day? Yeah, literally. <laughs> Why can I not get walked trot like a camp? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And from getting to know all of your animals, it might be kind of, and you can choose your proudest moment from each animal if you want, but mm. what has been the most standout, proudest competition moment today for you? Um. Well, with Flynn, I think, the top five at the international was amazing um and I'll yeah. always remember that because mum came over and it was just really special um yeah it was just an amazing amazing show and an amazing experience to be surrounded by the best um yeah but certainly 
um, Flynn, Boo and Luther also all qualified in the one year to go to the Hickstead Masters, which was really, it was an amazing achievement because they all, they all qualified at different levels. I think Luther was prelim and novice, Boo was maybe elementary, medium, and then Flynn was smaller. So that was incredible. Yeah. Um, and then I think uh, 2015, Flynn won the national championship. And I remember so clearly my, and here we're back to social media, but I remember my Facebook status um, saying, I can't, what was the opening line? Something about um, not having experienced, or some people have experienced the proudest day of their life being, you know, getting married or having their first child. But that yeah. was mine. That was my proudest day of my life in that moment because you know yeah. that's what you aim for that that's had been my aim to get that national championship and it was just incredible he yeah he just had completely excelled um all my kind of expectations that weekend um and I think then with Luther probably I don't know why Priest and George is such a massive kind of milestone and everything um but definitely getting him from a three-year-old to his first Priest and George was just like one of those things as a five-year-old I thought oh my gosh I'm never going to get there I'm never going to get it there. seemed so far away at that yeah. time and you know trying to teach him his flying change and like nearly falling off every single time and <laughs> um, just you just feel like this am I mad like am I clean mad because why <laughs> am I trying to do this when it's so difficult um so yeah that was definitely... there's no point in being mad unless we can prove it yeah exactly um <laughs> that was definitely a big big moment to get him to his first priest in george and but it's funny because it's one of those things you know now i'm thinking okay in two weeks i might try and enter one whereas i feel like yeah. i'm like why can i not just give myself a minute to enjoy this level i'm already like okay let's make it a bit harder let's keep going which i suppose is a good thing i it's it's you know it depends how you look at it I am so competitive that I just want I want to get there I want to get to the top and I want to yeah. you know I think with Flynn I bought him at kind of working at home at advanced medium so he had a lot of the tricks and mm. so it's just been such a roller coaster having to go from Luther and you say riding like an alpaca. I honest to God remember the first day Anne-Marie saw Luther, she was like, oh dear Lord. Because he was, his head was like literally about to hit me in the face. It was so high. And he was just, you know, when you see like the stallions being ridden for the auction, they're just like big movements yeah. and, you know, their heads up and they're just like a dragon. And here's me. I was like, yeah. oh, please help. Please help. Because... I couldn't get his head down. I just could not get his head down from the lights. Like so, um, yeah, I think from that stage to getting to Priest and George has been definitely, definitely uh, from doing it from yeah, from getting him from a baby on not on my own. I've I've had amazing help the whole way through, but um mm. yeah, it's just been it's been a really, really good accomplishment. Yeah. And it's it's an achievement that you absolutely should take a minute to, to be proud of because you know like he he even just from the phone calls that we've had you know he's definitely tested you yeah. in ways and you know it, it's just having that 
you know, persistent to say I'm 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 gonna keep going. Do you know what I mean? And and going back to you know always wanting you know getting to the top and 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 go, wanting to go on to the next thing. That is that is a quality that you have to admire about yourself as well because you know you you want to keep going, you want to keep improving all the time, and I think that that definitely can be looked at in a good thing, yeah, yeah. in a good way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess so yeah. And have you, with horses, unfortunately, there often is challenges and 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 literal hurdles sometimes <laughs> that we have to overcome. <laughs> um, have there any been any challenges that stand out to mind that you've had to to face head on in 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 your career? Yeah, I think um, sound like a broken record talking about Flynn, but I think uh definitely when Flynn got his injury in the September um, and kind of coming to the realization that okay this maybe isn't going to be um, something we're going to come back from that was okay. really difficult um, oh I can't even talk about it um, yeah he just I think from Flynn kind of making the mark for me in the dressage world and then feeling like you know if I lose him am I kind of (laughs) am I kind of like losing my identity identity. so that was really hard but I think having the other two horses there was an amazing kind of trampoline to keep me bouncing keep me going um yeah but I definitely felt like you know am I going to lose Flynn and kind of lose not respect from part people. Of yourself. Yeah, just you know, he had been my golden boy and will always be that. Um but yeah, I just felt like I was scared to go back out to a show because, you know, if I didn't have Flynn, were people really gonna care? Were they really gonna take much notice? And I think that's nonsense. Okay. That that was all kind of made up in my own head and I never got that feeling when I got to a show, but it was it was definitely something that uh, kept me awake at night. And um, yeah, it was hard. It kind of stopped me from going to those first few shows without him because I also had such a big fear of people, you know, where's Flynn? How's Flynn? Why's Flynn not here? And I find yeah. that, you know, I I can hear I'm getting emotional even talking about him now. And in that moment when he was only, I when I got the news that, you know, he wasn't going to come back from it, it just ripped my heart from my chest every single time somebody mentioned it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And while it probably came, while it probably came from a, a meaning and course. caring place, it's just, you were still, I suppose, in a way, grieving a certain grieving a a part of a loss of Flynn you know and you know you 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 weren't ready to I suppose to to announce the news to 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 people while dealing with the thoughts that were keeping you awake at night exactly and it wasn't until I remember it was at least a year after he had been out I actually put something on Facebook because I just couldn't I couldn't um like you say, people were coming from a really good place in their heart, but I couldn't, 
have any more questions so I remember just sitting down and putting something on and saying you know people have been asking me where Flynn is and unfortunately he has had to retire and um and then it almost went the other way you know people at the show is like oh I'm so sorry to hear about Flynn and I'm like oh my god stop talking about him um yeah but people only mean the very best and I have such an incredible support network and such a good group of friends within dressage that um yeah that I could always rely on them but yeah it was just like like you say it was like a loss it was like a grieving process and from having traveled to those shows and kind of like experienced those firsts with Flynn yeah yeah, it was hard it was really hard yeah like they're the one you know and absolutely you know you're you're gonna go on and go to you know even more internationals you're gonna go traveling with more of the horses and you know hopefully i'll fly out over to you and stuff like that but those your first you know trip to england and you know your first psd and they're very very valuable memories and like you say he was he was your best friend yeah. you know what i mean yeah. and it is absolutely it's it's, it's absolutely expected that you'd be upset you know what I mean because it it it's hard it, it is hard and it's it, it's it's something I think that you know people should be a little bit more aware of if there is you know if there is a rider that doesn't have an animal at the competition yeah, that sure. while it comes from a very loving place that it might not be the time to ask where they are and let them come to you yeah, first yeah I remember actually Flynn and I went to Compiègne with um, Anne-Marie and a team of other people and it was the most like that would probably be one of my very favorite memories of him as well actually because it was a mental trip we got stuck in I think we got stuck in Calais I can never really remember the details when I try to relay this story but <laughs> we got stuck in Calais at the isolation I think I really hope if Anne-Marie's listening to this that this is right um and the only food that we could get delivered was Domino's. So we lived in Domino's for about <laughs> three days. And <laughs> Anne-Marie, like, we were still fairly new to each other, at, like, our, each other's lives at that stage. Like, her as my coach and kind of us as a friendship. And, like, you know, yeah. literally, we could not get away from each other. And I think I remember Anne-Marie, I asked her something one night. And she was like, Jesus, Courtney, you're not forwards about being, or you're not backwards about being forwards. I'm just, like, so nosy <laughs> a person anyway. Um, and we finally got to go to Compiègne. And it was just, like, the show was amazing to me because it was, like, my first foreign show with my own horse. And, you know, yeah. getting to do the trot up in the green. And it was just, like, mind-blowing. But... I remember going in, like I said earlier, Flynn was so spooky, unbelievably spooky. And, you know, there was flowers and little bushes up the side of the arena. And this was Flynn's idea of hell, these little bushes. Like, <laughs> why were they there? Um, and I just remember riding in for the familiarization and thinking, this is going to be the worst day of my life because he just <laughs> was so scared. And he was the type of horse that when he got nervous or got spooked, he kind of like sucked into himself and you it was like riding yeah. and a Shetland around the test because <laughs> he just he was nothing there because he was just like holding his breath. Um 
Yeah. And I remember you, so you had like the main warm up, and then you had the five minute box or the 10 minute box. Um, and you went into that before your test. And I was trying to ride the twos. And Flynn decided that in that moment in time, he wanted to learn the ones. So that's what we were doing. We were just doing ones. And I remember, I think I nearly cried because Anne Marie was like, you know, you need to get him to stop doing that. And I was just like, I can't. <laughs> I'm not doing this on purpose. Like, I don't even know how to ride the ones. Um, so, yeah, that was definitely one of those like serious highs, but like absolutely heartbreaking lows because I couldn't get anything that I was asking for. Um, one of those <laughs> things that you come home and you think, I'm so glad I did that, but why could it not have just gone a little bit better? The way you yeah, want exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. yeah. But at least at least he gave you, at least he gave oh, you yeah. those ones. At least he yeah. just didn't pass yeah. up and say, I'm not doing this. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and what advice would you have for a young aspiring rider, dressage or any kind of rider? Um, oh, that's a hard question. I think for me... For me, it would really be to keep learning as much as you can. Um, I think when I came home from um, America the first time, I thought, you know, this is it. I want to do this on my own. I'm going to set up and I don't, not that I didn't think I needed to learn anymore, but I thought I was ready to just be at home on my yeah. own and just crack on. And I wasn't, and I'm still not, you know, I'm, I'm doing it for a prof as a profession that's fine but I still have so much to learn um and though that experience I got from going to talent and going to California and then going again to America like only two years ago um yeah they are all so invaluable and I like I would definitely say to anybody anyone that wants to be a writer anybody that wants to do anything just go away and experience it from as many different perspective as you can um and you know mm. get the experience if especially with horses I think get the experience of different the way different yards are run the way different people ride the way they manage their horses um yeah I think it's so important and I think like you'll learn so much and I I'm really happy to see like there are a lot more riders that are coming up through dressage that are doing that you know they're going away and they're basing themselves with other people for maybe a year or 18 months yeah. or and I think it, it really is the best thing to do because you can kind of get stuck in a bit of a rut in, especially in Ireland, I think, because dressage isn't as big as eventing or show jumping. You kind of think yeah. if you're doing well in Ireland, you're like, oh, I'm really boss in this. Like I am, I'm a bit of a bit of a king here. And then you go away and you're like, oh my, I am, I was a really big fish in a small pond. And now I'm at the okay. teeny tiny little tadpole in this massive, <laughs> massive pond. Um, and it's really humbling. It's not a bad thing. It's um, it's really eye-opening. And, you know, you can still yeah. be really good, but other people are really, really good too. Um, yeah. But it, yeah. it only makes yeah. you kind of, it, well, for me, certainly, it only made me more hungry to get better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose like when you went away, you know, to to, to Thailand and and Jan the first and second time, you know, you you I suppose got to see where you want to be. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I, mm -hmm. I I I had spoke with somebody else that 
you know, it's probably intimidating at first, you know, seeing these big lorries and, and the, the quality of yeah. horses that are actually available, but it can really give you the drive to say, right, I, I am going to have that in X amount of years' yeah, time. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. And when you went back to Jan the mm. second time, what was it that you, well, I suppose any time really, but what was it about Jan that made you A, go back, and B, what was it about the way that he trained and ran the yard that you wanted to take home to your own setup? Well, I think the going back, Jan and Amy had asked me a couple of times if I would go to Florida to do the winter season there for the um, winter mm. festival. And I, when I had Flynn and Boo and Luther, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't leave the three horses and just go to America because I had nobody. It wasn't fair. I had responsibilities at home. Mm. So whenever Flynn retired and we had sold Boo, then I just had Luther and I thought, well, now it's the perfect time really I can get Luther ridden at home or I what I ended up doing was sending him away for a few months um but yeah. it just seemed like the right time to go and experience I'd heard so much about WEF and the way Wellington is as a whole and I just you know I just mm. wanted to experience it I didn't feel like I was missing anything really at home um I wasn't in a relationship and I just felt like you know now it's the perfect time to go so I went yeah. and it is just the weirdest most amazing place on earth um it <laughs> is built for horses like it's incredible it's a really hard place to explain if you haven't been but you know you're driving along and where you have um the traffic light button for like a human and then you have one really high in case you're on a horse like it's just insane <laughs> um you'll you'll see more people on horses than you do like on in cars on, mm, on the ground yeah. yeah um and it's just like you you hear or i watch these shows you know on youtube or whatever and you see the big marquees with the buffet and i'm such a foodie like you had me at buffet um so you're <laughs> like but you're watching the dressage on a friday night the grand prix from this champagne filled marquee and you're just like is is this real life like it was just insane yeah um and yeah Jan Jan and I always got on really well he is was is such an amazing mentor um and had brilliant horses and was always very generous with his time and you know how much he helped me with the horses and especially going back for the second time to Wellington, I got a lot of opportunities to compete, which was amazing. You know, I um I got to ride a couple of Jan's horses and then one of the clients' horses I got to do an I2 and a Grand Prix, which was just like so I'm so, so grateful for because over there, yeah. you know, um the judges are used to seeing the Grand Prix ridden again and again and again. You know, in Ireland we don't have that many Grand Prix riders and yeah, you know it's just it was so amazing to be judged by those judges that are seeing it at the very highest level day in and day out and yeah. every weekend they're yeah. seeing maybe 50 grand prix riders because that's just normal um yeah. yeah and yeah i just was so so grateful and i adore the lifestyle there you know i always say to chris you know i'd love to live somewhere where it's hot because i just love the lifestyle but i just would miss everybody here too much um and i think that's what i always yeah. you know when you come home from somewhere, I think you only ever remember the positives. 
I think it's really easy to forget the negatives and you know whenever I was there I was missing home and I think it's the people I miss you know if I could bring the sun from Florida to Northern Ireland I would be laughing but um yeah I think it's just the the people and Jan and Amy run their yard immaculately you know they they don't miss anything Amy never misses a beat and they really did take me in like a daughter and I'm I'm super super grateful for that and I've learned a lot working and and listening to the way Amy deals with clients and deals with like all of Jan's horses and sponsors and yeah it was amazing and it's great to see so their son Ben is when I was in California he was only riding 12 twos and you know he was jumping 12 twos and it was he was just a little boy and now now I'm seeing like he's doing his first three-star CDI and it's just like such an amazing progression to having watched this little boy on 12 twos now to like have matured into this 21 year old superstar and like I'm I'm just really, really proud that I got to kind of be a part of that and watch Ben along the way because even when I was in Florida it was no different from when I was in California you know I still felt like like his big sister and I know like he would say the same and it just is great to have that they feel like a family um and don't get me wrong like there was days when we literally fought like a family and I think that's why it worked because you know they weren't scared to say boo to me and I wasn't scared to say it back. And I think that's, we had that kind of mutual respect for one another because um, yeah. although it was difficult and it was long hours, you got the rewards and that that's all you could ask for really. Yeah. 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 Wow. Well, I definitely remember like, like seeing all the videos that, that you sent yeah. and the photos and it just amazing. looked like the most incredible incredible yeah, it's place. like course heaven really it's amazing yeah. yeah definitely and what dressage rider or any rider for it, it can be do you look up to the most well when you say dressage rider I have to I have so much respect for Anne-Marie Anne-Marie Dunphy is one of my like big idols she she's an amazing trainer she has such a just like the most fantastic way with teaching and encouraging someone and you know I was having lessons with her on all three horses and they were all so different and she just knew she just nailed it every single time um and she's just the most beautiful rider to watch I remember thinking she was so terrifying um and I know a lot of people will back me up on this when I say that because you know she is so professional and you see her walking around the shows and before I was having lessons I'd think like oh lord I'd be a wee bit scared of her um but then you get to know her and she's just the most lovely the lovely human you'll ever meet um and she's so kind and she's so generous and she's so elegant to watch on a horse like I said she She's so tiny. She's so tiny. And she gets onto a horse and I swear she looks about six foot. Her legs just like wrap around the horse. And yeah, she's she never see her getting angry or, you know, having a row with the horse or losing her poise ever. Even like and yeah. she hasn't had yeah. easy horses. Like I've been videoing at shows for her and 
things have not been going well and you can see her just grimacing through and it just I have so much respect for her as a rider as a coach as a person um and I yeah I I think she's amazing the other part I wasn't ever really lucky enough to see mum ride professionally okay no that's a lie I got to see mum at Balmoral and Dublin which she won both of which was so amazing but in her prime yeah. jumping I just think that mum would have been sensational and maybe that's just because I'm biased because she's my mum but she is such an amazing all-round horsewoman she she just has mm. this way of she, she yeah she just has this way of knowing almost what the horse is thinking and she has such an amazing talent of looking at a horse that you or I might think oh no not much going on there and mum will buy it and six months later it's sensational you know it's completely transformed yeah, yeah. And she just has so much patience and kind of understanding where other people would give up on a horse um she just yeah she she's, yeah, she's yeah and it's never you know never through brute force it's always through um like really taking her time she's so patient with the horses and she hates lose like anybody getting frustrated or losing their temper um yeah I think she's just like one of those really that those people that really can read their mind almost they have this real connection yeah which is amazing to watch yeah 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 wow and it's so lovely as well that like you know of course one of like it's your mom but also it's so lovely to have like Anne Marie as well, like two people that are so so close to you. And of course, like we all look up to to you know the the typical riders like Carl yeah, and Charlotte, or you know all of those and stuff. But it's so lovely that you have that those ones that are close to you that you that you look up to. Yeah, as well. and also like Kirsty, my sister. That goes without mentioning. Like I I feel like I don't even need to say that about Kirsty because she is the reason that I'm doing what I'm doing now um yeah you know I went to that lesson that one lesson with her and then I went to talent because I wanted to be like <laughs> Kirsty and you know Kirsty's kind of taken a bit of a back step just because she had grace and now she's just had a very new little baby girl and I just have so much admiration for her as well because Kirsty's loves the babies as in the young horses as well as her own babies um but she <laughs> she loves the young horses and she is so patient and so talented with the young horses whereas I think that's where I'm not so good and I I know I need to get better but I I really enjoy teaching them the movements and teaching that higher level stuff um so mm. I think that's where you know we can balance each other quite well you know Kirsty will say to me will you will you get on this and just try and see if there's a bigger trot or work on the canter walk or the walk canter or you know different yeah. things that um she maybe struggles with and the same vice versa I'll say will you get on to that one and see if you can get a bit more supple you know I'm struggling with that or whatever and she just rides so effortlessly um she makes everything look mm. so easy which is yeah she's she's yeah. amazing an incredible team. Yeah. <laughs> and <clears throat> when you're looking for your next superstar, which I know you've, I suppose not recently, but mm-hmm. he's pretty new. You've added Vino to the yeah. to the family. Uh, Fabio is his name. He's a five year old. This year, scaring me. And 
Or yeah. six, six. Um, so what do you, I suppose, that having bought him mm. quite recently, what do you mainly look for in a, in a dressage so, horse? Kind of the, the staple bits, I guess, are a good walk, a good canter, a nice trot. Um, I think mm. the trot can always be worked on. But when we went to look for Vino, um, it just, it sounds so, like, so cheesy, but you have to get that feeling you know I I think I had tried about 15 horses that weekend and Vena was the only one that I got off and thought I have to take this one home um I think yeah. he just you know he had such a lovely trainable attitude even though he was only four um he knew to go he knew to come back and, and that is all credit to Saskia who I got him off but he, he didn't say no to anything that I asked and um, he had such a lovely, lovely kind eye. And I think that's really important. Um, you know, I and it maybe sounds silly, but I would be turned off by a horse that if you walk to the stable, it pins its ears back because, you know, I just would. Um, and Vino yeah. just always looked so kind. And I think I'm a bit biased because he's bred the same similar way to Flynn. So and I actually took a photo yeah. of Vino the day that we tried him and put it against a photo of Flynn. And they're so similar. Um, not actually wow. maybe too similar because Vino is also scared of anything <laughs> that moves. But um, yeah, he I did say when I came away that day, if he could turn out half as good as Flynn, I would be doing something right um but yeah I think you know they have to have that kind temperament and that trainable that rideability that you you'll know even as a four-year-old of course they're gonna you're gonna have quirks and you're gonna have troubles along the way um like with everything in life but I think if you can start yeah. with a good straight um yeah a good good a nice put nicely put together horse a nice walk a nice canter and the rest, hopefully, if you get a good feeling, then the rest hopefully will come together. Yeah, well, he's been like he has just excelled already, hasn't he? Like all the shows he's gone on to, uh, out to, he has won, and he won the HSI Autumn mm. Development yeah, class. Yeah, he's been he? really cool. He um he again is very different to Luther. Um, he's much more blood than Luther even just to look at um he's built much more like Flynn but he's spooky yeah he's he um he tests my patience um but he has that real spark that you know I think I you need and you're going to come across those hurdles that, yeah that you think oh why can we not just trot past this one pole on the ground without having a complete nervous yeah. breakdown but um <laughs> then on the next long side he'll give you the most sensational medium trot and it's kind of the, that give and take which I find really really hard and I'm not really scared to say that as a rider that you know I just like I just want them to behave that's all I'm asking but they um yeah. I was actually listening to Abby Lyle's story earlier and she was saying about, you know, she had to accept that one of her horses is quirky and that's that's all there is to it. You know, you'll have nine days out of 10 where he'll be great. And on the 10th day, he'll just have an absolute canary at something. And, you know, if you can accept that that's going to happen, then you'll get on a lot better. And I think that's something I've got to work on with Vino that he'll come out and he'll have three days of sensational work. And on the fourth day, 
he'll have a complete breakdown and I just get really into my own head and I'm like you know what am I doing wrong here and um, mm, I think that's yeah. something everybody yeah. comes across really yeah 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 no for sure for sure and just heading into like a couple of the last questions before we go into the quick fires. Um, what's your goal for um Luther and Vino for now? Um, like long term or short term? I know COVID mm. might have definitely definitely threw yeah. a spanner in the works for That's in true. terms of goals, but COVID aside, what are you hoping to achieve with well, Luther, Luther and Vino? I suppose it's just working towards the Grand Prix work, really. Um, that is. Oh, that's a bit like me in the five-year-old year looking towards Bruce and George. It feels so far away because, like I said earlier, it's like getting a message from his brain to his back feet takes about five minutes. So the Piaf of the Passage is like a minefield for Luther. Um, but yeah, with him, I'm just really keep working up the levels. And with Vino, it's just a little bit more about his brain and trying to keep him calm and mellow and keeping the work um kind of suitable for both of us you know I need to understand him a bit more and keep everything a little bit more sedate maybe and not be pushing him it's a little bit like the situation I got into with uh, Luther as a five-year-old I need to just be careful that I don't get stuck in the rat race of wanting to get to the next level and the next one and the next one and pushing him too too fast and yeah. too hard that his his brain really doesn't cope with it. Um so yeah. yeah with him I think I think I just need to kind of take a deep breath and think of him a bit more as a longer term rather than you know getting to the next show and winning. Um because yeah. I think he is quite a special horse and I need to kind of rein myself in a bit. Um, but long term yeah. the Olympics <laughs> that's my long term goal in life um, but yeah for short term those are definitely the ones that I'll be working on in the near future yeah. love it so <laughs> excited for you <laughs> and one last question mm. before we go into the quick fires what is if there was anything that you could change or I suppose would encourage the horse industry, I suppose, dress ad in Ireland. What what would you love to see added to it, or what would you love to see change? I know it can be quite a um not a sensitive topic, but I suppose nobody wants to I point out any faults or anything. But with everything in life, there is always room for improvement. And is there anything that kind of stands out to your mind that you would love to? improved in that I think really to have more accessible training for all riders in a whole as a whole um you know there seems to be a lot of training for pony riders junior riders (laughs) young riders senior riders and all of those in those Mm. kind of age brackets but I feel like there there is a window for training um you know if somebody has come into dressage a bit later and has a really nice horse and you know maybe hasn't been at that top level but wants to be and wants to be competitive there there isn't a lot Mm. of training available for that kind of person um and i think just Mm. as a whole 
you know, to have more kind of like training camps and things, um, kind of to yeah. get everybody together and get more of a conversation going through dressage. Yeah, a more community. of a community, exactly. Um, just so as people start to help each other, you know, I think people get into these little groups um, and not, I don't mean like clicky, it's not clicky at all, but I feel like, you know, you're kind of put into a group, whether it's um, yeah. you're a senior rider or you are classified as an elite rider or, you know, um, I think there needs to be more for those people that are wanting to be competitive. Maybe they don't want to get to the Olympics, but they want to get the very best out of their horse and their own ability. Mm. Um, and I yeah. just think yeah I'm not like you say nobody's pointing fingers at anybody it just as a whole as as the whole equestrian community I think it could definitely be um yeah for sure, sport. for sure yeah yeah definitely, yeah, definitely. yeah I love it yeah I thought I for me as a rider you know I never went up to the typical grade as pony junior yeah, well, rider you know and sure. yeah and I think like you know, I mean, I don't know is Olympics on my way there, but if I absolutely had the horsepower, God, I would take yeah. it with both hands. You know what I mean? I definitely would be a big, there is a big opening. I, and I know we can all go to the our individual lessons with our trainers, but like you were saying, we want a community that's, I'm, I'm another person that hasn't gone through the age grades either. Yes, there is still hope for us to get to where we want yeah. to go. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think um, definitely there is there is an opening for it. I know it's difficult. Like it's it's a hard kind of shell to crack into. But um, I think mm. a lot of people have taken to talking more about it, especially over COVID. I hope so. Anyway, maybe that's just the impression I get. But um, I think you know people are doing different forms of training, like through Zoom and that kind of thing. And I hope that that really continues yeah. after this. Um, and I know like with so many shows being cancelled due to COVID, I really hope that there is a big um, effort made to get everybody back and get everybody competing and just to have that help available for everyone when this is all kind of over, yeah. whenever that may be. <laughs> yeah which we hope is yeah, very exactly. soon <laughs> oh for sure right quick fires best piece of advice you've ever gotten oh no i was thinking about this earlier um best <laughs> piece of advice i have ever been given oh no i had a great answer for this earlier this is not a very quick fire grant uh, answer don't, don't yellow yellow snow. snow exactly <laughs> Oh, what was my um my answer for that now? Best advice I've ever been given. Be your own biggest competitor. Nailed it. I absolutely love it. it. <laughs> no, I think um <laughs> that can be that can be portrayed in everything in life, you know. That um yeah, yeah, be your own biggest competitor. Go out to compete against yourself because that you're the only thing standing in your way you know yeah 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 oh I love that <laughs> love that I, that's definitely going into my little advice notebook which is pretty yeah, big by sure. the way <laughs> um your most embarrassing moment with horses oh 
with horses. Um, well, this isn't maybe embarrassing. This was um, when I worked in Florida. We went to the show and Jan was riding a Grand Prix and I got the boots on, I got the saddle on, I got everything ready and I had forgotten the bridle. And we, we literally oh were my at God. the show. <laughs> now, this is the, the best thing about living in Wellington was we were only like literally five minutes from the show. So I had to just get in. We were in the lorry and I had to get in Amy's car and go back. But it was probably the most horrific moment because, you know, that realization of, oh, my <laughs> gosh. I don't have the bridle. I actually don't even have a bridle, not even one. <laughs> so yeah, I'd say that probably that has to be up there for sure. Well, if if, if you weren't close to the stables, oh. I'd say you'd probably be saying to him, "Any chance you want to do this in a hair collar?" I would have thrown myself into the flipping <laughs> arena. I don't know. It was just one of those moments where I'm like, I'm going to be killed. Like I'm actually, this is it. This is the end. <laughs> Yeah, oh good. my god and what does success mean to you oh success well I'd be lying if I didn't say that that means doing well but even as I'm saying that uh, success there's to me there is no pleasure in doing well at the shows if I don't have the people around me that I love the most to share it with um if I couldn't yeah. go to a show and then be able to ring Chris or my mum or dad or Kirsty or you and tell them how yeah. I've done, I would get absolutely no joy in that at all. Um, so I think success yeah. really is, but yeah, doing doing well, but being surrounded by the people that make me the happiest and keep me grounded, I guess, and, and support me. Like I... I really do have the most incredible support bubble and network bubble that's just a COVID term but you know like Chris <laughs> is blows my mind every day with how supportive he is and my mum has always done that and even you like I can ring you at any yeah. time and you're 100% there and I think I keep putting the emphasis on Chris because I've never ever had a relationship where that has been a thing you know it's never been that yeah. that my success has been good enough or like celebrated um and I that makes me sound really big-headed and I don't mean it like that at all but he is just he celebrates success with, me, exactly. with you as if, as if he was exactly, on the back of the horse yeah. with you like exactly and yeah it's, it's just crazy like you know you say you um your other half will be your best friend and that is 100% the truth with Chris he yeah he astonishes me every day with how supportive he is with the horses and just with my dreams that I have yeah 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 and a quick question um on chris so for those who don't know chris is a incredible vet and what has it been like been with i suppose it's very handy to be in a relationship with the best <laughs> but um has that ever like having i suppose a horsey boyfriend has it ever kind of you know made the class or you know, I suppose, like you have just explained, he's been mm. so, so supportive. But has there ever been moments that you kind of thought, you know, 
I wonder would a non-wifey no. boyfriend no. be good? Never. <laughs> um, no, I mean, maybe I just hit the jackpot and got lucky. But I honestly think that Chris being a vet has only ever been a positive thing in our relationship. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it kind of gives us both that understanding of the time that horses take up and you know when he's mm-hmm. on call I understand you know and when when I'm working or when yeah. I'm teaching late or when I'm up at 4 a.m to go to a show he understands and yeah um yeah like him being an equine vet is especially being my vet is amazing like today we had a bit of a drama and it just is so so reassuring that I know I'm calling <clears throat> someone who I would trust with my entire life um to come and yeah. look after yeah. the things that I cherish so much um and it's yeah, yeah it's and he cares exactly. about him as much as, yeah. much as you do it's just really good that he's a good vet <laughs> um yeah <laughs> no it's just it's only been a positive I think and I didn't really you know you have an interest in what the vet's doing with your horses but I never would have really had that much of an interest in like looking at the x-rays or knowing the nitty-gritty but it's I've taken such an interest in that even just being with Chris like looking at x-rays just absolutely fascinates me um and I love like a bit of a game where he'll show me an x-ray of one of my horses or like an old horse of ours and I have to look for the flaw or you know I have to look for what he's seeing and it's brilliant because I'm learning at the same time um and I'm I'm learning things that I never would have known before um yeah it's been, yeah it's really really cool and it's yeah it's just like sharing that same passion you know he like you said earlier he is celebrating with me and he's so mm. good at the way he um encourages me to do what I want to do and I think that goes both ways yeah. you know he has his own business and there's a lot of changes happening and it's scary and it's exciting and I'm right there and I want to celebrate all the highs and the lows and I think we're both we're such a good team in that way that it kind of goes yeah. that celebration of the success or the commiserations of the bad days goes both ways and the yeah the passion yeah. for wanting to do well if it's in his business or with the horses, definitely is mirrored very equally. Yeah. I can't wait to have Chris I know. On. I can't know. Wait. I'm going to have to tell him to get prepared. <laughs> he better give as good a spiel about me as I just give about him. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> right. Favourite show you've ever been to? Oh, Another yeah. quick fire. 100%. Um, I was going to ask you your favourite horse of your own, yeah, but I think I know who it is. And that's everybody else probably from listening to this will know who that is too. Favourite horse that you don't own, but you'd Ooh, love to nice ride? question. Um, oh, probably. Um, so there was a horse in America called Belina. And that would probably be a little chestnut mare. She's only about 16-1. And she'd just done her first Grand Prix this weekend past. So definitely be her. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Nice. And other than Anne-Marie mm-hmm. or Jan, um, a dream coach 
that you've never had a lesson with but you'd love to have a lesson with in in the future oh good question um let me think oh there's a couple that i come to me just off the top of my head um probably gareth hughes i saw gareth ride at hickstead and thought he was incredible um yeah probably gareth yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. he's love super it. quiet and yeah i just thought he was amazing and that's like one of those things where i'd rather watch show jumping but i enjoyed watching gareth's test <laughs> 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 oh, I love it. Well, this has been just the most. Oh my gosh, I didn't want it to end. I was like, so nervous. I don't want it to end either, but I, I feel like know, anybody listening will you... be like, please let it end. <laughs> <laughs> this has been like just, I obviously know you so well as, as a best friend, but you know, it's always. It's always a good excuse for us to get, exactly. get together and chat again, but I've learned so much even more about you, and I can't thank you enough for being so open and vulnerable about, about your journey, and I really hope um, somebody will take something from this conversation, and if you and um, if people aren't following you on social with I mean, they need to lift the rocks that they're living under and remove themselves from it. Um, I will list your uh, uh, Instagram or our Facebook down below. Listen to you, you're getting so professional. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. <laughs> well, uh, I will list them down below and uh, you'll probably find a couple of photos of the two of us in there at some, at some point. Well, I yeah, thank you so, so, so much for coming thank on you the so podcast. Thank you for having me.